What up? Welcome back to the Stellar Seller Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Boyd, joined as always by Glenn Enos Jr. And Matt Deuces. Yo. Guys, Yo. can I, can I, so it's 7.30. We normally are supposed to start this shit at 7. Can I tell you guys about the day I had at work? Uh, sure. That's I didn't get out of work until 6.45. Um, because of an experiment that we're doing, it's very time consuming. There's a lot of downtime, a lot like a two hour break and like a two and a half hour period where I have to, I can't do anything. Um, so there was a tornado warning at work today. Oh yeah. Uh, no, like we were legit in the path if there was a tornado to touch down. Um, so like. There was an announcement. Everyone had to stand in the first floor hallway. Uh, so that was cool. Um, and then yeah. some dildo or actually it wasn't some dildo. They just refuse to fix the fire alarm system at my job. So whenever there is condensation or if it's like very humid, it will get into the electrical system and short circuit the fire alarm. So it's it trips. The amount of times that the fire state, I don't know how they haven't fined the company yet. <laughs> the amount of times that we have had that happen is ridiculous. Uh, that put me back another half hour, basically. So I had 45 minutes where I legitimately could not do anything today on an experiment that was already incredibly time consuming. So that's why I got out of 645. And I still technically got here before Sousa. You did. Depends how you look at it. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say that. That was that was the long and short of that. Because um, huh. my Zoom might not have been working, but it was working well enough to see that I was in here before you were. How? That's okay, because the thing is, we're scheduled for 7 p.m. sharp on the Twitch. Now, if you're listening to this, you know that we have a Twitch channel where you can see us live. It's not, not, not only are you hearing us audibly through your car, your headphones, or whatever, mm-hmm. on whatever podcast app you're listening to. If you log on Twitch every Tuesday night from 7 p.m. to God knows when, you can see like our that. beautiful faces. And I'm going to be here at 7 p.m. Because I was here at 7 p.m. And I was entertaining our viewers for a little bit because we got... The Let's sound's go. back. That's right. Let's go, baby. They said it couldn't be done. They said it couldn't, but I proved oh, them but wrong. It can. And, um, yeah. It, it's going to be a thing. 7 p.m. every Tuesday night from now until the end of football season. Tuesday. And this D-A. week, we continue our fantasy football preview. Because we're talking running back. Hell yeah! You, now, would you guys would you guys say that running back is the most important position in fantasy? Um, yes. Well, I, yes. I would say I would say yes, but I think comparatively speaking, to a few years ago or closer to when we started fantasy, I think the running back has gotten slightly less valuable and wide receivers have gotten slightly more valuable. But I think running backs are still more valuable ultimately. 
I agree about the value of running backs, but um, importance. That's why I pose the question. Like, how important is it to have a good running back on your team? Like, do you feel like your fantasy team correlates with how good your running back is, or you think it's just a mix of roster buildup and construction? Because you could have studs in other positions. But I feel like a running back, a really good running back, gives you that boost that most teams don't have every, every week. I would say yes, but at the same time, the only season that I was actually good, I did not have a good running back. So, you know, take take that as you will. I think running backs are very important because I think that the majority of league-winning players are running backs. And I say that in the sense that you can build your roster. My cat's here. Build your roster with wide receivers, maybe a nice quarterback, maybe even a great tight end. And throughout the year, you can find that diamond in the rough, that James Robinson, that um, all the in- handcuffs from injuries, you know, um, Elijah Mitchell or even a Jeff Wilson. And that can make a major difference in your team. And you can get a guy who can give you 10 to 20 points that you picked up off waivers on top of your already stacked team that you maybe invested elsewhere. Um, or maybe you already have decent running backs and then you add him as like a flex. I think running backs are very important. And for that, for mainly for that reason too, that makes sense. I think running backs are important in fantasy football because they have the potential to output the most points. Like, like they have, they have the, the highest chance of like obtaining you fantasy points because they can get touches just by carries. They can get yards by rushing yards, but they can also catch passes and get points per reception, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. Um, but like the problem as Mason said before is that running backs aren't being used throughout the league like they once were. And now the wide receiver is becoming more valuable. So, well, yeah, because I mean, sorry, I was going to say, where where is there a true bell cow back? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think Derrick Henry is, but I mean, like, the, I'm sure we'll get into this, but the 49ers are talking about still giving Elijah Mitchell his touches, even though they have Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of talk. Um, at least locally in New England, about who's going to be potentially like a, um, a third down back. But I think, to your point, Glenn, the guys who are real league winners at running back are the guys who can do all of those things. Derrick Henry, when he was number one RB a few years back, was kind of the exception to the rule because he's not really a pass catching back. He's more of a ground and pound, running down your throat kind of guy. And we love him for that. We love him for that. Uh, but that doesn't always lead to success, um, as it relates and correlates to fantasy. Yeah. Just some food for thought as we begin this running back episode, um, before we get into us breaking down the running back position for this year, I believe we have some news with Susan.
Let's fucking go. We're back. We are so back. We so are back. so back. And there's Bolger. He's back too. That's, that's not my place. Oh. But it was still Bolger. Timmy B. My cat is. I got noise canceling AirPods, and so I can't hear Ooh. shit besides you guys. Maybe really? Glenn has maybe Glenn has Tim Bolger outside. Maybe. Glenn's house is pretty close to the road. I'm just saying. Not the docks here. So. I definitely just did because, you know, no other houses are close to the road besides you. None. <laughs> be like Liam Neeson. Someone heard that car go by and they're using the acoustics like Liam Figure Neeson and Taken 2 or whatever. You guys ever seen that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did. I didn't Taken like that movie. Two. There's one part where he spoilers for a 15 year old movie or whatever the fuck uh, he throws his daughter throws a grenade. And he had gotten captured and he's able to pinpoint her exact location from the sound of the grenade exploding. Like he's literally like, you're 2.7 miles away. And then and er- earlier in that movie, he's I forgot about that one. I only saw it once a long time ago. Yeah, earlier in the movie, he's like uh, he, he himself was taken like blindfolded in a van. And he, I know exactly what you're going to say. He was he was. By feel and sense, he he knew exactly what turns they were taking, and he was timing them too in order to re- reverse engineer the turns and time that took the turns to figure out like where he was or where he was going, this and that. I'm like, what? I didn't like that movie because it was too easy. Everything it was like, okay, here's the problem, and then every step of the way, he just like, okay, he nailed it, he nailed it, he nailed it, he nailed it. Okay, he saved the day. I don't know how we got. To reviewing Taken 2. <laughs> but this is the news with Souza. Glenn, do you have anything to add on Taken 2? Uh, I've never seen it. I don't think I have. There's um, even a third one. It's not It's not good. The first one's elite. Really and not that's, good. And ends I've, seen, I've definitely seen the first one. But I don't think I've seen the sequels. I feel like some movies shouldn't have sequels. And I feel like Taken's one of them. How many times can you get Taken? I know, right? Like someone's not doing their job or someone deserves to be taken at that point. Um, So where do we begin? Javante Williams. I don't know if we talked about this last time, but he was returning from an ACL injury and he hasn't been limited. We definitely talked about that. Alvin Kamara suspended three games. Wait, wait. All right. We can talk about Kamara, but I have something that's related to Javante Williams that I want to talk to you guys about. Okay. What do you but do? I and I think it's also newsworthy because it's it on player news on fantasy pros. No, yeah. it's not. Unfortunately, I would love to know that, but like maybe we'll get that another day. Guy. Yeah, think so. I think so. Yeah, that's a nice meatball. Maybe you're right, Williams. What's your news? Oh, I, oh, I was gonna. I thought we were gonna talk about Kamara first. No, we, we brought I up Williams. Javante you interrupted so we'll, to we'll bring up Williams. Yeah, because I was going to say we could talk about it after we talk about Kamara. Is it? Just go back to it. Yeah, this- yeah. It's it's related to it's related to Josh Jacobs. Okay, fuck it. The, Josh Jacobs is receiving interest from the Broncos and the Chiefs. Oh, oh. So oh, I see. My did, question yeah. to you guys was going to be. Do obviously Javante Williams, he's back at practice, I think, isn't he? Yeah, he's looking good. He's actually expected to 
play a little bit in the preseason. Yeah, so that that is definitely a development from last week. I don't think we had touched on that. I think we had said that yeah, he not the preseason part. He was potentially going to be back at practice, but he was still not expected to play in the preseason. I just think it's interesting that the Broncos are sniffing around Josh Jacobs because that suggests to me. Obviously, we talked about this, and we'll probably talk about this more today, inevitably, when we talk about running backs. Josh Jake or uh, Javante Williams tore his ACL last year. And usually the timetable for one of those recoveries is two years in the sense that guy comes back the first year, not the same. Think Saquon a few years back, J.K. Dobbins last year was not good at all. Okay. And there, there are plenty of other examples. Those are the only two I can think off the top of my head. But I do think it's telling that the Broncos are sniffing around Josh Jacobs even though, you know, all the press and PR are saying, oh, yeah, it looks like he's going to be good to go for, you know, potentially week one at this point. Josh Jacobs receiving interest suggests to me that maybe they don't actually think that um, and that they're exploring other options, potentially, if he struggles out of the gate. I have a question. When you when you say showing interest now, what is I, I don't I'm not familiar with the Josh Jacobs situation. Is he not under contract yet? He's not. He is sitting out from camp because he wants to get paid and the Raiders do not want to pay him. And I don't sure. I honestly don't think they're going to pay him. I or he so, might be like a restricted. He, he didn't, maybe he didn't sign the franchise tag. Right. But if the Broncos or Chiefs are showing interest, that means. Is, are they going to pay him like what he wants? I don't know. Why would they? Like what? What? Like if you're the Broncos, okay, you just picked up Samaj P. Ryan, you have Javante Williams coming back. Why would you spend extra money to obtain Josh Jacobs after having that? I, I don't know. That's well, just what the why. headline says. Could be his agent. Why is, I can why answer that, that Glenn. And it's also the reason why I'm not as concerned because if it was like, if they were looking or working out Dalvin Cook or Kareem Hunt, I'd be concerned. Right. Uh, just because they're showing interest in someone who had 2,000 all-purpose yards last year, I think that's reasonable to to show interest in. If he's available, why not try to take someone like that? And you can have a one-two punch. They just care about winning games. They don't care about having a bell cow work back or a workhorse. So I don't I don't see anything too concerning with that personally. And I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to leave the Raiders. That's I'm saying how much how much money are you going to invest in the position? Like I said, when you're I mean. Javante Williams probably isn't making a lot right now on his rookie deal. You just signed Samaje P. Ryan. I'm sure P. Ryan's making more now with Denver than he was with the Bengals. If he, if, you know, because he's a free agent. I'm just saying that it, it, it's weird. Like, I mean, obviously teams could be interested in him. Same thing with the Chiefs. I mean, will the Chiefs really pay a running back when they got Pacheco on his rookie deal? They, you got McKinnon back too. I mean, you're also talking about the same team that paid Brock Osweiler like forty million dollars. That's true. So that's absolutely point. true. <laughs> Alvin Kamara got three games, though. He got three games. Did. It was, uh, yep, official three-game suspension. They have rookie running back Kendra Miller. They have Jamal Williams. And it's very likely that they're going to be signing Kareem Hunt. It's not official, but he worked out there. It's, apparently, he's going to be visiting the Colts, too. But it sounds yeah. like, you know, whispers from the bushes suggest that he's probably going to sign with the Saints. And that's just going to be a nightmare of a backfield. So even with, when Kareem Hunt comes back. With the news I'm sorry, of Alvin, Alvin with the news with the news of Alvin Kamara getting three games, 
We figured that lowers his ADP by a couple rounds. I think he's in the fourth right now. And yes, I would expect him to be lowered maybe in around the sixth or so. Apparently he's looking good in like I practice it. and stuff. So I believe he, he had he was hurt last year or like or coming off an injury. You know, I, I'm willing to give a star a year to kind of recover like a Saquon Barkley before coming back to 100 um, percent. Now that they have Derek Carr could be a, a more higher high powered offense as well. So I'd consider taking him. You just got to, you know, eat the three game suspension. You can't put him on your IR. So it's going to be a bench spot for a few weeks. But if he's if he's late enough, I'd consider it. I saw a thing real quick uh, before we move on to the next thing. Just in uh, this is a Saints little note in general. I saw a thing that the Saints schedule this year. They do not face like any elite quarterbacks. Like, yeah, I think, I think, I I think Trevor Lawrence and Kirk Cousins are the best quarterbacks that they're going to face this year. They don't face Allen. They don't face Mahomes. They don't face um, yeah. Burrow. They don't face Dak. They don't face Herbert. Like so, Saints in general should win the division because there's nobody in that division when you name the quarterbacks you have bryce young baker mayfield desmond ritter that should beat that saints team saints have a sneaky good defense and it could be even better this year based on their strength of schedule just a little note when you think about picking up saints players or their defense in fantasy that's true yeah i like alave for that reason I think um, they have a really soft schedule for wide receivers. And maybe Derek Carr could be a sneaky late-round guy. Maybe. I like me some Um, Derek Carr. I am on um, NFC, which has up-to-date – I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It has up-to-date stats on ADP. Like, you can search it for a a certain date. Right now, Alcamara is going in the eighth round. According to this, as of yesterday, I'd, I'd uh, take him there. That's where he moved. I so. would too. All right. Any more news, Susan? Um, yeah, we got some stuff. Some we have stuff. some hype stuff like Doug Peterson saying that he wants Travis Etienne to be pushing for 1,600 to 1,700 yards as a running That's back. That's crazy. Um, John Harbaugh said he doesn't know when J.K. Dobbins is going to come back, but he knows he's going to be really happy when he does. Whoa, um, dude, the more the more I hear nothing to me, the more I hear about no, Dobbins, it doesn't. It doesn't the more anything. I'm like, I'm like skeeved out about his whole situation, and I felt Same. pretty good about him like going into this offseason. I was like, I don't like, I didn't hate. I didn't hate like the situation now that their offense should be better, that Lamar has a, a bit more weapons. We know they like they like to run the ball. They're capable of running the ball. J.K. Dobbins has shown that he can be a good running back, uh, even and especially relating to fantasy. But I don't know, man. Like everything that I that comes out that has his name in it is ne- has had negative spin on it. Like everything. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm off. Um, I'm, I'm, I press the, you know, when you're on a bus and you pull the thing to get off the bus, I'm off the J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I've, I've hit my last stop. I traded him in my dynasty league last year. I'm done with him. I got no confidence yep. until he proves me wrong. It's just so weird because I feel like he's 
one of those guys that like he just has not been able to put it together since he had what well, was it his sophomore season where he was really good or was his rookie at the tail end of his rookie year? I, th- I thought it was a flash at the end of the season, his rookie, and then he had a put together a couple of good games after coming back from an, an injury, and then more injuries happened. Yeah, I'm, I have no idea, and I don't have the um sleeper up in front of me to look it up. So I think he played a little bit last year. A little bit. He did. And I was like, oh, yeah, he, he's actually looking pretty good. And then he got hurt again. So, um, yeah, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't like Ravens in general, unless it's Lamar. But you're just not a bird person. No, I just there's usually nothing really flashy there except Lamar. Do you so like I'd... Eagles or Falcons? Yeah. Pigeons. There's, there's a little bit of um Small injury stuff here. Cooper Cup left practice on Tuesday. Saw that. Last last week with trainers did not return and no one gave a status of what happened or what's he looking like now. Um, Alexander I've, Madison did too. Limped off the field before the end of practice last week. Let me look up the Cooper Cup thing, Susa, because I thought that um, McVay said he was going to be out for like four weeks. Let me check. Oh. That. I don't like that. I don't like that. Dude, it was just uh, hurt. Uh, the alarms are sounding off here. Oh, never mind. Let's make some strong fake news. What's Said, up in this chat here? Uh, the Rams will obviously be cautious with Cup given his role in the offense, but McVay says he could potentially be back for their joint practices with the Raiders before their preseason game on August 19th. So it sounds like he won't be back this week. So he's at least going to miss a week of practice. A week okay. is a lot better than four weeks. You scared me. Yeah. Dude, I thought that they thought that he had a, a more significant injury. I'm pretty sure. But I think I um, did. yeah, no, seriously. Um. Uh, oh, and here's the last thing I want to say. Um, Charbonnet is back. <laughs> Running back on the Seahawks, who was out indefinitely last week, is now back. And Ken Walker is not. So we got some interesting. Clarity. Who could have ever predicted this, Souza? I um uh me. Definitely not me. I got a notification today that's kind of alarming. I think it qualifies as news. Let me see if I can find it. Is it on Bijan? Yes. I have it right here. Read it. Falcons rookie Bijan Robinson is listed as the third running back on the team's unofficial depth chart. You don't like to see that, but I'm what not gonna give fuck? it I'm not gonna give it too much weight personally. Unofficial, the first unofficial depth chart. There's no fucking way. That's like dude. that's like when um they had uh what's his name on the Panthers rookie quarterback. Is that CJ Stroud? No, that's the Texans odds, Bryce Young. Bryce Young. They had like Bryce Young competing against like Sam Darnold. It's like, dude, he drafted him first or second. Yeah, like, he's going to be your starter. But they, that they're makes just full of shit. That makes a little bit more sense, at least for running back. What the fuck? What? Yeah, it's it's the same thing. Arthur Smith's probably going to be like, "Yo, you got to earn this position, pal." Shut the fuck he's up. Full bro. of it though. That's it took him like third good. overall, man. Like, but then see, again, see, wrong that, with you. that point that you that point that you just made, Mason, like quarterback makes sense. Because you know, quarterback's a tough position to learn, albeit you know you drafted Bryce Young to be your franchise quarterback. Traded up for it, I think. Traded up for it. Sometimes 
you know, it needs to take some time to ease into that. That's why you see most rookie quarterbacks sit out for a year, but Bryce Young is obviously not the case. But running back, that's a plug and pay, play position. You drop Bijan Robinson that high, he's got to be hmm. your fucking guy. Yeah, it's not like the fuck whoever the hell the Giants running back was. It was a fucking Wayne Gallman or whoever the hell before Matt Breida. Uh, Matt Breida. Wayne Gallman, maybe. Whoever it was before Saquon, it's like the Giants took Saquon Barkley. They immediately were like, okay, you're the starter. It's like, dude, don't fucking. Okay. You know what this like, reminds me of? Gotta earn it, pal. This is just like, you know, fantasy stupid. football. The week, the new week just started. You're facing a new opponent and you just like, you sit a guy, you sit one of your stars and you put in like a backup dude in your lineup just to fuck with your opponent. That's what this feels like. That's all. So. Craig says third on the depth chart. That's what we call bait. Magic right. just doesn't start. This is going to be like, not exactly, but um, remember Montgomery years ago when I drafted him and Mike Davis took the first snap? Yeah. It was like a whole deal, but it meant nothing. Like Montgomery oh. took over the whole season. So, well, yeah, because we all know it was Khalil Herbert's backfield. So he wasn't there yet. Oh, Tariq Cohen, my bad. Oh, but my the thing God. is, but the thing is, it's not like it's not like a clear shot like how Saquon was he was gonna be the guy. Like Ezekiel was gonna be the guy drafted that high. Like the Falcons, they have competent running backs. Like Tal Algier is good. Yeah. Cordero yeah, Patterson is bumps. good. So that's what I'm just saying. Something something to look at. I guess so. We'll see. It's early. We'll see. I mean, I don't even understand why they still have Patterson, to be honest. I understand like he's been hey. he's been look, listen, he's been good. He's been really good, and I it is a pleasure watching him every week because I just can't believe from where he started to what is going on now. Um, but like you could trade someone like that, you know what I mean? Someone bite on Cordell Patterson. I, I think he's Come on. just. I think it's just gonna be a gadget guy for the offense. People forget he used to be a wide receiver. That's what I, that's what I'm saying. He was a he was a punt returner first, right? But and I mean, like like. Like drafted as a wide receiver, like that was his position. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like Falcons could use him in different kind of ways, either out of the backfield, lined up as wide receiver. I think that's why he's still there. And mm-hmm. then obviously you still have Algier. Running back's a tough position. People go down. You know, if something happens mm-hmm. to Bijan. At least you know you have guys who are behind him. So yeah, I'm not worried. I'm still taking him high, and I can tell you later exactly where I'd be taken. All right, cool. Is that it for yeah. the news? Yep. That is it. Did I play it at the end of the news, too? Uh, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I'm going to play this instead. <laughs> All right. So what's the, so what's the deal? I Obviously, I was reading your guys' text, not while I was driving. was while I was walking out to my car at work. It like, sounds like you're going 60 miles per hour and you're reading that text. I'm not going to, you know. No, the I have deal is we're car. doing tight ends. No, I know kidding. that's not true. Gosh. So anyway, listen, I, are we doing like, tiers? Are we doing top 10? So do- my thing is, and I, I was saying this earlier on the Twitch chat, if you were uh, tuned into the Twitch before you guys were here, um, I feel like quarterback, it's a lot easier to go in depth on a top 10 list and compare why certain guys are better and this and that, because there's like on your fantasy team or throughout your fantasy league, so few quarterbacks are taken, like the top, I guess you want to say 20 guys. Mm-hmm. 15 guys who are starters or 14 guys, depending on how the league size. With running back, every team owns at least 
three plus running backs. So I feel like to make a top 10 list, that's fine. But the way I, I have running backs looked out is, is just basically on tiers. And I think as when you're planning your draft strategy, when you're planning on building your fantasy team, if like this is how I'm planning to go into the season with certain guys in a certain tier. And uh, if they fall within that tier, that's what I think. And that's how I will be basing my preseason takes on the running back. So I, I really don't, I don't have a top 10 list for you. Cause you know, I'm not, I'm not that, but I, I can tell you like the top 10 guys I have based on my tiers, if that makes sense. And right now okay. I, I do have a top 10 slash top 20 and I'm right now breaking them up into tiers that I think makes sense. That way I could kind of be prepared there. I just, um, let's yeah. just, let's just go like top down, kind of like we do with quarterbacks yeah. and, all right, and, all right. All right. The consensus number one running back in fantasy football. Finger time. Finger time. On three. We're going to say it at the same time. Okay. One, two, three. Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Okay. We're all on the same page there. There we go. (laughs) And he falls into my tier, which I call him. Meaning... (laughs) He is him. There's only one guy at the running back position in fantasy football who is him, and that's Christian McCaffrey. Last year proved the naysayers, the doubters, saying that he was injury-prone wrong. He did it on not one, but two teams, Carolina Panthers and the San Francisco 49ers. Is there any reason to draft another running back over Christian McCaffrey if you get the chance? Honestly, Uh, no. Because he no. does it all. He does everything. He does it all. Everything on a good offense. And sure, you could say, ah, oh, but Glenn, they got Debo, they got Kittle, they got Ayuk. And, you know, there's enough ball to go around for Christian McCaffrey? That answer is yes. Um, oh, my goodness. If yeah. one man I trust on the San Francisco 49ers offense, it is Christian McCaffrey. And you apparently, wanna... throwing to the running back has been a notable thing in the in the summer, this offseason here. So, even more potential for him to maybe do a thousand and a thousand. Um, do you guys want me to want me to tell you some advanced analytics to back up what you're saying, Glenn? I mean, hit me. We're, you, you can, yeah, because but we're yeah. all on the CMC train. We know. Oh this. yeah, yeah. So I te- technically it backs up all of our points, but people have made a stink. A lot this offseason, particularly in relation to the 49ers, because they have they have a lot of good skill position players that are getting drafted pretty high. You're going to have to put some pretty high draft capital into, uh, obviously, Christian McCaffrey, um, Debo, a lesser extent, Brandon Ayuk, and a lesser extent, George Kittle. But still... If we're talking about target share between those people, when McCaffrey was there last year, he commanded like it was him and Debo that were close as one and two, and then Ayuk, and then actually Kittle at the bottom when Brock Purdy uh, was quarterback. So I think if we're talking about someone having to take um, a hit at production to sustain all of those skill positions, it's not McCaffrey. If anything, McCaffrey will probably get in more targets that are taking away from the other guys, in my opinion. I agree. Um, 
one thing on Christian McCaffrey, do we feel any preference at quarterback? Do we want Brock Purdy? Do we want Trey Lance? Or do you think I would I would lean Purdy because I Me think too. Purdy is more of a traditional pocket passer. I think he can still move, but he's more of a traditional pocket passer where one of the big selling points for Trey Lance was his legs and his mobility. Um, so I think, and obviously we, we haven't seen enough of Trey Lance to know if that's even true, if it's still true to this point, you know what I mean? It's, he's been in the league for three years. We've seen him for what, two games. And in the game that he broke his shit, he ran the ball a lot. If I remember correctly. Um, but I, I'm, I'm definitely Purdy. I'm pro Purdy. Cause I think McCaffrey gets more opportunity that way. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're all agree, Christian McCaffrey is him. Yes. Yeah. Do you take him first overall? I think I do. I think I probably would as well. It's close for me between him and, uh, honestly, Justin Jefferson. It's close for me. Um, He's with a couple guys that, you know, you just, you can't argue. Either way, yeah, you're splitting hairs. I personally hairs. would love. Uh, I think I'd take McCaffrey first to have that running back. You know, huh? who can do it oh. all? It just like, taking Christian McCaffrey at one one makes the rest of your draft so easy because then you're just like, oh, I'm drafting a yeah. hero, hero running back, and then that's kind of he can get it, like you know he can get you a third of the production that you need any given week. Exactly. They just need the other guys to show up and you'll win. All right. So that's our takes on Christian McCaffrey. Now, I'm going to move on to my next tier, and this is called the stud tier. Now, the stud tier consists of guys who have the best chance possible of dethroning Christian McCaffrey as the number one running back in fantasy football. Now, I'm going to tell you, I have two guys here. You guys figure out who those two guys are. I'm going to say Austin Eckler. 100%. Yep. And Nick Chubb. Saquon. Saquon. Mason got it. Ah, Let's go. Fuck. Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley, two fantasy football studs, and I think the best chance in 2023 to dethrone Christian McCaffrey at the top of the rank. Austin Eckler, uh, if you're into numbers, was the running back one last year. So why do we have him below Christian McCaffrey? Oh, you're asking me. I'm just asking. I want your opinion. Well, I think there's a couple of reasons. One, I believe McCaffrey's a better rusher. He gets more attempts. He did last year. He had 200 more rushing yards. Austin Eckler had an abnormally large amount of touchdowns. We're talking oh, yeah. 18. So that could easily regress. While McCaffrey could even go up or even just stay the same. McCaffrey only finished 10 points less than Austin Eckler. And Eckler had um, five more touchdowns. And I guess it sounds like receptions might even be going up for McCaffrey based on this one report on the preseason or training camp. Um and I think McCaffrey was with the Panthers last year. So I think now that he's mastering the 49ers offense, there's a chance he could be better than what he was with the Niners last year. 
because he kind of just showed up, had to learn it on the go, and it was great. But now he has all this extra time. It's just he's elite. You just really hope he doesn't get hurt. Um, my thing with Eckler, um, is that I think that number one, the biggest thing is the touchdowns, like like Sousa said. Um, but I think also that I know we like to clown on Justin Herbert, but he was injured for the majority of the year last year. And with his injury, their play calling had to be a lot more conservative, I think. Um, and this year, for all things considered, it sounds like they're going to throw the shit out of the ball um, because they supposedly through camp, they're they're not just using Keenan Allen in the slot or Mike Williams outside anymore. They're moving them around the field and putting them in different positions. Um, and they also drafted uh, – God, why am I blanking John- on Johnson? Quentin Johnson. Yes. Yes. So I think they're going to throw the shit out of the ball this year. I don't know if it'll necessarily translate into more catches for Eckler. If it does, great. And this is also kind of splitting hairs because I think Eckler is very close to Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's my number two. He's older. He's my number two. I was going to ask you that, Susan, where where he was in your ranks. Like, obviously, he's older, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, same age as McCaffrey, right? No, I Eckler's, don't think so. Eckler's like 31. I bring it up. No, Eckler's like 28. I don't think so. I thought he was pretty He might old. be 29. Eckler is 28. Oh, McCaffrey, McCaffrey 27. is 27. Damn. I thought Eckler Dynasty, was in the... baby. You need to know these things. I feel like Eckler's been in the league forever. What the fuck? I feel like Eckler is... Old as hell, and he's our age. It's just because he's bald. Yeah, you're right. He's um, 39. So now I'm going to ask you guys this. Mason, you got my other stud correct and Saquon Barkley, but Susie, you said Nicholas Chubb. Let's talk Saquon real quick. Uh, why give make, make a case for him, Mason, of dethroning Christian McCaffrey now that he's officially going to be a New York Giant again for the 2023 season? I mean, listen, <laughs> I think the Giants basically just have Saquon Barkley, essentially, in their offense. Like, he's the only really competent weapon. Like, granted, they have uh, Wandale Robinson, right? Who Jalen Hyatt, who they just drafted this year. They have a lot of guys who have potential, but, like, Saquon is the offense still. You know what I mean? And, the Giants to succeed, it needs to be Saquon. And if anything, like, uh, they have another year in Dayball system, and I think Dayball's really helped out that offense quite a bit. So, I don't know. I I feel good about Saquon this year. Also, he's another year removed coming back from that knee injury, and obviously last year he was fantastic. Um, was. Hello, Bean. Yeah. <laughs> I got confused. I thought it was me for a second. Susan, where do you have Saquon on your list? I have him four Ooh. behind Nick Chubb. I'm behind pretty Nick bullish Chubb. on Nick Chubb this year. Why is that? Um, it's because he is so dominant as a runner. Maybe the best pure runner there is in the NFL. 
over 1,500 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns on the ground. It's always been the receiving that's been lacking. But Kareem Hunt is out of town. Boom. And the, run, and the running backs coach is on record of saying, now the Hunt's out, Chubb could be a dominant force if we throw him the ball. Oh, yeah. And I think there's going to be a chance of that, a good chance of that happening. The Jerome Ford, I think his name is Jerome. Uh, definitely Ford is the last name. Was a back is a backup, and he actually just got hurt recently. Um, I, I don't think it's severe, but I think he might, he's going to miss some time. So, as they practice, they might start throwing Nick Chubb the ball, and they might get used to it. And I think the offense is going to be better with Watson uh, than they were last year. And that could give Nick Chubb even more opportunities for touchdowns. And if you give him the receptions, that could escalate him. But I completely agree with Saquon being that guy too, because he already does get some receptions, like more than double than Nick Chubb. Um, And they might need to lean on him even more. So I I agree, but I I like Nick Chubb a lot this year. The only, uh, the only reason I don't have Nick Chubb in the stud tier um, is for exactly the point that you brought up earlier, Deshaun Watson being better and the Browns using their pass catchers more. You obtain Elijah Moore. You still have Amari Cooper. You still have Donovan Peoples Jones. You still have David and Joku. I think Deshaun Watson, if anybody's going to improve the most, I think it's going to be on the you know uh, hands of his pass catchers. Chubb's still going to be elite. Don't get me wrong. I mean, as long as he stays healthy and plays his 17 games, he's going to be cream of the crop. I just don't think he'll have enough to overtake what those top three guys are doing. And Saquon, Eklund, and CMC. I'm actually going to agree with Souza here. Um, I think Nick Chubb's going to be fucking great this year. I have him number f- five. I have number five. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You have number five, and you think he's going to be do. fucking great. And we named three other <laughs> running backs. So who's number four? Uh, number four is Bijan Robinson for me. Oh, wow. And you know what? He's my number five. Oh, I have him up there, so, too. I'm sure you guys will probably agree with me on this. The only limiting factor for me for B. John Robinson is the quarterback. Mm. Because supposedly Desmond Ritter has been booty cheeks mm. in camp, like real bad. Um, and the thing about it, and this goes for the other position, the other players that I'm sure we're going to talk about in Atlanta as well, Drake London, um, Kyle Pitts, and uh and uh Bijan, obviously. They can be limited so much by how poorly the quarterback plays. But I think Bijan is the one who's also the most capable of overcoming that. Because a perfect example yeah. is obviously he's like the highest touted uh you know um college running back prospect since probably Saquon, right? Yep. And Saquon was on a team that was fucking horrendous. And he broke the record for uh, rookie rushing, didn't he? Or something like so. crazy, right? So, like, I think it's it's possible. But if he really can excel, if Desmond Ritter actually plays, or if they have a competent quarterback, is what I'm saying. So I think he's going to be good. But I think it's a question of how good is he going to be because quarterback can be a limiting factor for him. 
you say you according to your ranks, you have him over Chubb. I do. You think he's gonna be better than Chubb? I think he has a chance to be better than Chubb. Um I've always wondered this. Do you guys do you guys do your rankings based off of how many points you think they're going to score, uh, score like cumulatively, cumulatively will be in order of who you're ranking? Or do you do it of who do you think is most likely to be the number one running back? Ooh. I would do it just based on... Because I don't think we've ever established this, and I've been thinking about it both ways. Yeah, I mean, I don't stat them out and like think, oh, he's probably going to score a little more. Yeah. I mean, it kind of seems like it should be that way, but I think it. I do lean more so of where I think they'll finish in the end, and and I guess it kind of lines up with their potential to be the number one. I just think, yeah, McCaffrey has the most potential. Eckler has the second most potential to be number one. Nick Chubb third, in my opinion. Okay, so I guess that's right. it's kind of one and the same, but I, I do see a little bit of a difference. That's a lot that's of I'm doing it as well. A lot of my ranks yeah. too are like if I'm if I'm stuck on you know guys going through, it's just guys that I've. Who would I rather have on my team? Who do I feel more comfortable with in fantasy football having on my team with yeah. this guy? Like I could like a guy a lot more than you know experts like a guy, so I'm going to have that guy that they like, the guy that I don't like lower. You know? Yeah, and we're going to talk about one shortly. Um, but Chubb, Bijan, first two guys I wrote in my next tier, uh, which is RB one locks, meaning <laughs> if you get these guys, you should have. They set it and forget it, RB1. You should feel good about owning this guy as an RB1. And he would have to uh, he would have to fall off the face of the earth, have a season-ending injury, or just completely suck win in order for this draft pick to not pay off. So far, I have Chubb and Bijan there. After yeah. Chubb and Bijan, who do you guys have? You want I have... I have Derek Henry. Me too. Um, and uh, well, I guess I'm not gonna I'm not gonna specify the tiers I made because they were just kind of off the cuff. But yeah, I have Derek Henry after Bijan as my number six running back because Henry is nasty. The only thing is age, and at some point, someone is gonna be hold left or left holding the bag with Henry. It just has to happen. You think, unless an injury just ends his career, I guess, but. Um, but other than that, like he is, he is the best player on the offense and actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm reading the wrong thing. So it's always going to be left holding the bag at some point, but will it be this year? It could be, or you could be passing up on the greatest thing. Uh, the range running back that you have left on the board, just like last year when he finished number three or four and he had 1500 rushing yards and even caught the ball a little bit, getting 400 receiving yards. I got to say something about Derrick Henry, and this might be a hot take, and this might should be saved maybe for sizzling hot takes. But if you see my name here on this Zoom, it is El Presidente. And that is because I am the president of the Derrick Henry fan club, and I'm actually going to start a new fan club uh, this year, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. But I'm the president of both of those fan clubs, but Derrick Henry became first because this guy is a generational talent at the running back position. The size of this man, the speed of this man, the strength of this man. And here's my take. I think Derrick Henry has what it takes to have, I I should say, the equivalent of a Tom Brady, 
longevity for the running back position. I'm not saying he's going to play as long as Tom Brady, like up to 45, but I think he will be a running back that every year we're going to keep saying, when's he going to fall off? When's he going to fall off? And he never does. And he's going to continue <laughs> to be top 10 until either the Titans don't sign him or he retires and chooses to just say, oh, that's it. Because I, like, I feel like for the past couple of seasons, we've been saying, Jesus Christ, you know, what he's doing has just been crazy. And he hasn't getting hurt. And then he got hurts one time. You're like, oh, I'm a little skeptic about it. And then he comes back and he just shuts everybody up again. I'm never doubting Derek Henry again. So if you pick Derek Henry, again, he's in my RB1 lock tier. Good for you, man. Enjoy yeah. the ride. Yeah, I'm not Enjoy the fucking ride. I'm not gonna I'm not predicting that the age is gonna get to him this year. So I have him up there where he belongs. 349 I, carries. I do not have Henry sixth. Oh I have Tony Pollard sixth. Oh. Ooh. There, I have Derrick Henry seventh. The record, uh, okay. but I love I love Tony Pollard this year. Um, I think that he has the chance to be really, really fucking good. All of these guys, I so here's the thing about these these top ten running backs this year. I feel like all of these guys legitimately have a chance to score a shit ton of points. Oh yeah. Like maybe more so than the past, like maybe in the past few years where like you're like, oh, yeah, one one or two guys will consistently get me 20 points and everyone else is pretty good. These top like seven running backs this year, I think, are like all have the capability to be fucking nasty week in, week out. And I think Tony Pollard is that guy that that is poised to take that next step now that Zeke's gone. You know that Zeke scored 12 rushing touchdowns last year? I do. Okay. So, and Tony Pollard, for all intents and purposes, is the guy. Like, they don't really have anybody else behind him. I think they have two rookies, if I'm not mistaken, Glenn. They got Deuce Vaughn. They have Malik Davis, who was uh, the third string last year. And they picked up Ronald Isaac Jones. But, I mean, you're going to tell me that Ronald Jones is going to take significant carries away from Tony Pollard? I'd hope not. I mean, look, I really like him this year. Look, look at what he did last year, splitting time with Zeke. And yeah. for all intents and purposes, they said that they were going to make him the the guy this year. And I don't see, unless their offense is not good, how he can be fucking nasty. From 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 a Dallas Cowboys perspective, being a fan of the team and watching this team. Also, I have Tony to pee. Pollard, I'm still listening. When Tony Pollard gets the ball, the Cowboys succeed. And when Tony Pollard is able to let loose, Cowboys succeed. You no longer have Kellen Moore as your offensive coordinator. So now you're saying, okay, what can we do to win games? Sure, Dak Prescott, the offense runs through him. But now Tony Pollard playing on a franchise tag. This is where you say, here you go, man. Now it's your time. We had Zeke. Zeke will be, uh, you know, forever in the Cowboys' memories for what he did for us. But now it's your turn. We're handing the reins to you. And if I'm playing Tony Pollard on a franchise tag, I am letting him go fucking bananas. Give him as many touches as he possibly can handle. Do I think or do I know that the Cowboys will do that? I'm not sure because, one, we haven't seen Tony Pollard handle that workload because he's always had Ezekiel Elliott. So, one, that's the only question we don't know is if he can handle the workload. Two, we don't know if he's actually going to get the workload or else he's just going to be labeled the starter 
but we're still going to mix in those Deuce Vaughns who people are comparing to Darren Sproles based on his size or Ronald Jones. You know, I, I don't know if they're just going to let Tony Pollard go free. I like it because the situation's so good, and Tony Pollard is one of the most explosive backs in the league. So I'm not, I'm not going to be mad if Tony Pollard ends up on my team because, one, I am a Cowboys fan, and, two, he's good. But I'm just saying a couple of concerns to worry about. One, can his body handle full workload? And, two, are we sure that he's going to get that full workload? I have the same concerns. I think that's the thing that's holding him back is that it's just the unknowns. He was, a, right. he was electric. He was very efficient. Finished number seven last year with Zeke getting 12 touchdowns and stuff. And getting a light workload, light quote-unquote workload. But, again, the more work you get, the less efficient you'll be. So you can't just extrapolate his efficiency and add on more volume. Um, and, again, like you said, Craig even said it in the chat, small frame. Can he handle the workload? Will he you know, be slowed down due to the workload, especially in like the back half of the season, if he even gets it. So there's concerns. I'm but back. He can handle it. Pretty freaking good. Nope. If, because of those concerns, I only have one guy ahead of him. Okay. He's my eighth guy. My seventh guy after Henry, before Tony Pollard, is Josh Jacobs. Ooh. <laughs> That's what Brandon. you said when Mason said Pollard. So obviously these guys are not your picks. Well, I, like I said, I don't, have a, I don't have a ranking system, but Josh Jacobs, Tony Paul, they all fall into that same RB1 okay. lock tier. Josh Jacobs, obviously, we're assuming he signs the Las yeah, Vegas. Right. Okay. Assuming everything's fine. He yeah. is. He was insane last year and broke out big time. We're talking Derrick Henry got 349 carries, which is Henry workload, insane workload. Josh Jacobs had 340. Yeah. He had 1,650 yards rushing, more than Derrick Henry. 12 rushing touchdowns, 400 rushing uh, receiving yards with 53 receptions. That's pretty good receiving work. It just it came out of nowhere. It was actually the fifth most rushing yards by a running back over the last 10 years, fun fact. Um, but at the same time, it kind of came it, – it's, it's, it seems it a, a not – Is it a like, fluke? Anomalous, if that's is the right word, where it's like – I don't think anyone really <clears throat> bought into it as much as what it actually was. Oh, and then you have the contract guys disputes in my dynasty and stuff. Right. <laughs> you have the contract disputes and stuff, which is also a concern. We, I mean, by the time we draft, that could be all cleared up. It should be all right. cleared up. We'll know at least. But as of right now, that's a little bit of a concern. I personally don't even believe that this is re- repeatable for him. No. But he is... It should be the same kind of situation. And if he's if this is like a franchise tag year or his last year and they're not part of his long-term future, why not run him into the ground and give him a shit ton of work? So I think he's still going to be a top 10 guy. So Susan, here's the thing with Josh Jacobs. Up until last year, what would I always say about him? He's dull. He's an RB2. Last yeah, year, he shut me up. RB2. He, he shut me up and he made me pay for your chilies. And, um, That's right. This year... If Josh Jacobs follows up with a, I'm not going to say just as good as the season, but let's say a top five finish in fantasy, he now moves up to that stud category, doing it in back-to-back years. I, I'd love to see it again from him. There's no reason he can't do it. Same head coach. Um, a better quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, I shouldn't say better because they had Derek Carr. 
uh, I would say a serviceable quarterback and a guy who actually might rely on the run more than Jimmy Garoppolo. So Devontae Adams, Darren Waller still there too. I don't see a big no. change in this offense. Oh, Darren Waller. Darren I'm sorry. Darren Waller's a giant. My fault. <laughs> they drafted so that kid. There. Yeah, um, Meyer, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Mayor Meyer. I think that's his last name. I forget the first name. Michael? Yeah. I remember it being uh, sounding like Michael Myers. Yeah. Michael Mayer. Um, yeah, is. if he does it again, he moves up to that set category. Again, I, I feel confident with Jacobs as my RB1. I'm not going to be mad about it. Um, there are three more running backs that I have in this RB1 lock tier, and some might be questionable. Wait, 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 hold on. I missed. Where did you guys have Jacobs ranked? I just had him one spot ahead of Pollard. So I had Pollard eight and Jacobs oh. seven. Okay. So I have Henry I, Jacobs I, and then Pollard. I would technically I would have Jacobs after Pollard if I was ranking guys, but I'm not. I have um I have Henry after Pollard. So I have Henry oh. seventh. And then is Jacobs after that? Uh no. It, oh okay. is Jacobs in your top ten? No. Oh damn. Sorry, hey, let, we, let me tell you a drop for that. We did a drop for that one. <laughs> I thought you were going to do the fart sound. He's got to be a top well, 10. Come on, well, man. No, well, here's the Dude. thing. Like I said, Mason, I have I have three other running backs, which means that's going to be more than 10 who fit in this RB1 tier. And you might have, you know, was it two of these three guys left? Because what are we on, 9 and 10 for you guys? Uh, No, yeah, I need to give you for 8. Me. Oh, you haven't given me 8 yet. No, I have I'll not. tell you what. Give me 8, and then I'm going to tell you. If, uh, I'll give you the thumbs up if he's in my Go down your list first. Just recap your one through whatever. Me? Yeah, yeah. and then go to your next guy. Uh, McCaffrey, Eckler, Saquon, Robinson, yep. Chubb, Pollard, Henry. That should be seven. Yep. Okay. Sure. Number eight, I have Jonathan Taylor. Okay. He's in that too. Hmm. Yes. He's outside my top 10. So, oh, that's a hot take. That is a hot take. See, so for me, the reason why I have Josh Jacobs real quick out of my top 10 is because I just, I don't think that they're going to pay him. Josh McDaniels has had like a top RB, like so many, I forget the exact stat, but like so many years in fantasy, but also they do it with whoever the fuck they want. The Patriots were always a plug-and-play running back team. That's been like a staple of Josh McDaniels' offense. So, I don't know. I just, like, for me right now, until that contract thing is resolved, I have to drop Jacobs out of my top 10 because I just don't feel good about it. Question for you. If he gets signed to the Raiders, does he go move into your top 10? Yeah, I would put him back in. Um, mm-hmm. probably Probably around 9 or 10. Oh, what about Taylor? He also has a contract dispute. You yeah, what drop about Taylor? Him. Hey, you gonna drop him? I think Taylor's a better talent than Josh Jacobs is. So that's why mm-hmm. I'm putting him up there. I don't know what the deal is with his with his back and whatnot. There's something weird there, obviously. Something fishy but, in the air. He said but he's not Jake, hurt. 
I know, but that's what I'm saying. And Jacobs has a weird thing with him too, but I'm putting, I'm still putting Taylor in my top 10 because I think the discrepancy in talent, even though Taylor is up in the air, I still think his talent is still worth the risk is what I'm saying. See, I, f- see, I feel Apparently. more confident in the Raiders offense than I do the Colts offense. And that's why I like Jacobs more than Taylor. I just don't necessarily think the Raiders are going to be like, like if he holds them up, you know what I mean? Like he's not holding them over a barrel. Like I think they can just get a guy who can do like the, they're going to plug and play someone else is what I'm saying. I don't think they can. I think they, I think the, this Raiders offense needs Josh Jacobs. And if they can't yeah. see that and they don't, you don't plug pay him, and play 2000 scrimmage yards. Like you play that guy. Who can and the thing that? is, and I think Derek Carr is better than Jimmy G. And I don't like. I feel like you're taking a step down at quarterback. So who's going to count for the production that Josh Jacobs is? You know, you're missing with him. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm pretty sure their center like tore his ACL or something too, which also doesn't help. So they have to start a rookie center. So I, dude, I honestly have a feeling that the Raker, the the Rakers. What Rikers. the fuck? We'll write that down. Rakers. <laughs> I have a feeling that the Raiders could absolutely blow this year, in my opinion. It's true. I'm just saying. Good. That Jimmy doesn't mean G's that Josh confident. Jacobs can't be good, but when you have Adams, I mean, I was fortunate enough to own him last year, and when he would catch touchdowns, the camera would pan over to him, and there'd be nowhere near him, and you'd be like, "How did this happen?" Because he's that good. And I think that is going to be the difference maker to keep them afloat as opposed to having a potential step back like you think they might because Adams really is that that guy. And Jacobs yeah. should be too. And I assume they're going to be, he's going to be all right with the contract. That's always a concern, but um, we're not drafting yet. So 9 and 10 is where both of you guys are at, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm at 9 right now. Give me number 9. Just, I just want to talk about Taylor quick. Okay. The reason I have him outside my top 10 is kind of partly what Glenn said about the, um, Colts offense. The, the, the offense. I just feel like there's a lot of red flags. There's injury, contract dispute, mobile quarterback, and Anthony Richardson. I mean, he, he has legs too. So he might take touchdowns. He might take rushing yards, rookie quarterback on top of it all, mm. and likely a bad team. I just there's a whole lot of question marks, not just with Taylor himself, but with the whole offense that I'm just staying away. I'm probably going to draft like a wide receiver over him if he if it comes to that. So I just and I think these other guys will do better. And one of which being my number nine guy. Ramondre Stevenson. Oh, me too. Let's go. Ramondre, motherfucking Ramondre. Ramondre Stevenson, another guy falling in that RB1 lock list. And here's the thing. Yeah, dude, you know Belichick likes to mix and match his running backs. They get out Damian Harris. Ramondre, they can replace him with another guy. Ezekiel was there talking to Bill. Dalvin Cook's still on the market. Listen, it don't fucking matter. This is going to be Ramondre's fucking job. And... Ramondre has a chance to finish top five. I'm going to say that because I don't see any other running back on that team. They have James Robinson now. Um, um, I think they signed him, but they cut him. 
think I they checked cut the depth him. chart earlier today. And I didn't see him. I saw um, another Harris. Yeah, they have Kevin Harris and they have Pierre Kevin Strong. Harris. Ty Montgomery, Pierre Strong. Yeah, JJ Taylor still. Okay. Do any of those guys pose the threat that Damian Harris did? No. no. What happened Absolutely to the Fournette not. situation? I remember uh, hearing they, he was like likely to sign or weeks ago. They worked ago. him out. I know that, but uh, they never signed him officially. So I don't know if maybe they're leaving him like waiting in the wings, maybe in case mm-hmm. like there's an injury or something, you know? Yeah, Craig I can confirm Pat's, James Robinson was released prior to training Craig, camp. Craig says Pat's O-line is in shambles. Dude might struggle TBH. It's true, it's, but he had 17% of the target share last year. That's, that's why I was going to say he's going to be catching the little dump-offs that McCorkle Jones is going to be doing. I mean, it's not like the Patriots O-line wasn't bad last year, though. They fucking blew eggs last year. They weren't good last year either. And, and I think the offense is going to be a little better, a little more. Oh, no, it, just because the offense will definitely is going to be better. Yes. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win the division. I'm just saying better than last year. I'm it's going to be better. Ramondre Stevenson is going to be that guy. Number nine for you guys. RB1 lock for me. Number 10. Where are we at? Because this is my, I guess, yeah, this would be my last guy. So. I don't know, Mason, do you want to try this one? Yep. I got Travis Etienne as my number 10. I don't have him anywhere near it. Really? I have him 18. 18? Oh. What the hell are you smoking? I don't. I don't. I don't. Not as high as on him. I don't. I'm going to tell you this, Mason. I'm going to tell you this, Mason. The reason I am El Presidente today is because, yes, we are starting the Travis Etienne fan club because Let's I believe go, Glenn. he could finish top 10. He could. But if I had to bet on it right now, he's not in the RB1 lock tier, unfortunately. He is that guy this year who is going to make or break your team, which is my next tier, make or break. You draft Travis Etienne, he's either going to be – great or he's going to be very underwhelming to where you get him and um jaguars offense should be excellent problem is it's going to be off the arm of trevor lawrence and how much etn finds the end zone rushing not sure i do think etn is one of the best pass catching running backs in the game and he hasn't really had a chance to show that yet but in college he certainly did but i don't have him in my RB1 lock. Do you, do you guys want to talk about ETN and Susan White? You have him so low? I'm just not as sold on him. I mean, they have Tanks Bigsby, Tank Bigsby, which he is a monster and will likely get a lot of goal line work, unfortunately. ETN is a good player. He catches passes. But last year, I, I haven't seen enough yet. I mean, he got most of his production in just a few weeks. His the start of the season was terrible. He ended the season poorly. I'm just not convinced. But apparently, Doug Peterson says he's going to get 1600 rushing yards. But I just I'm not buying into it. I'm I'm not worried about Tank Bigsby as much as you know 
you're playing dynasty league. Oh, Tank Bisbee, he's got the frame. He could be like a Zeke last year. Like, oh, get five yards, throw him out there, 12 touchdowns. He he could, but that's not going to stop me from drafting Travis Etienne at the right opportunity. Um, Yeah, me too. But I think the right opportunity is just a little bit lower. All right. Mason, why is he top 10? Um, I just really like his upside. Um, I think Travis Etienne has probably the most, some of the most upside in the top 10 that I have, to be honest with you, just because of the step that the Jaguars offense can take this year, especially now having Calvin, Calvin Ridley, I think is going to absolutely do wonders for them because he's going to open up a lot of shit for them because defenses have to focus on Calvin Ridley. They had to do it when he was in Atlanta. They're going to have to do it now. And that opens up stuff for Christian Kirk. That opens up stuff for ETN, in my opinion. Well, say um, Jones. Sure. Yep. Everyone. <laughs> um, but I think I think you guys understand what I'm saying. Like, I think. Yeah, the offense should be great. The offense should be. should be great. And I think. But the thing is, is that around these guys, there's not anyone else that I feel super great about. You know what I mean? In comparison. So like guys around here, like someone like Najee Harris, I would much rather have ETN over Najee Harris. I'm not, I'd rather have Jameer Gibbs over Najee Harris. I don't want anything to do with him. You know what I'm saying? See that like, as, we, as we move on, that's where like my next tier of running back is make or break guys, guys who could be great, but also could fall short of expectations and end up you being like, what the fuck? Why isn't he doing what I want him to do. And I have ETN in that category. And I have I have one guy, if you have anything more to say about ETN before I say this guy. Um, no, I just for reference, the only other people that really would have been reasonable to put in, like I said, would be Jameer Gibbs, because I'm I'm not a believer in Najee Harris. And then the other only other guy would be Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, I think you could have a reasonable argument to put him as number 10 as well. But next is Brees Hall, who coming off an ACL, I don't like that. They were sniffing around Dalvin Cook. I think they were doing that for a reason. Then there's Kenneth Walker. He's injured. And then after that's Javante, who we already talked about earlier as well. So I'm sorry, ETN out of those guys by far has the most upside, in my opinion. All those guys you just named, I agree with in my make or break tier. But there is one guy, one guy who for some reason is getting slept on. I still have in my RB1 lock tier. Sousa, do you know who that man is? I mean, oh, I, th- I think I do. I if he I hasn't been said already, it's not my it hasn't guy. hasn't been said already. But I'm going to guess it's Brees Hall. It's not Brees Hall because Mason really? just mentioned him. It's the guy Joe that I have, Aaron Jones. Was it is Taylor. Joe Mixon. I'm two for two, baby. Let's it go. It is Joe Mixon. We're on the same wavelength here because Joe I almost, Mixon. I almost did Joe it. Joe Mixon is on one of the best offenses in the league. He took a pay cut to stay with the Cincinnati Bengals because he wants to win a championship there. And if you look, if you look at the depth chart, maybe the unofficial depth chart, if you will, uh, there's nobody there. Who was going to steal carries from him like Samaj P. Ryan did? Barring any injury, if Joe Mixon plays a 17 game season, 
how do you not like what he brings to the table for the Cincinnati Bengals? Souza, you had him last year. What was the one thing that Joe Mixon couldn't do? Fucking score touchdowns at the goal line. Score touchdowns at the goal line. And do you think, but, but, let me think, based on the volume that he had at the goal line, is that sustainable? I feel like this it's year. It's pretty unlucky. It's so unlucky. If and that I volume's like, still there, you would think more touchdowns this time around. Exactly. Which is why Joe Mixon hmm. is an RB1 lock. He's going to get slept on. And if you find him later than these other running backs and you get him on your team, congratulations to you. Because I, I don't understand. I don't understand why people are so low on him. I don't understand why you would have a, a Najee Harris, a Jameer Gibbs, and Aaron Jones above Joe Mixon when he's literally, he's wittily the best running back on the Cincinnati Bengals. And the only Just, guy. Yeah, I mean, I think part of his like low ADP has to do with like his off the field stuff, which I think should I, I think we will kind of dissipate a little bit as we get another month under the belt. I think his ADP will rise a little bit, but I do think he is seen as stepped back from like that first round or that out of that top ten. I mean. Again, I think Mason knows very well. He had a 53-point game last year. That was five touchdowns in one game, and he had nine. So the rest of the season, he scored four touchdowns. That was it. He had only 800 rushing yards. Hold on. Haley's screaming. Um, maybe Mason could talk about him. Just, but right there, that 53-point game that you said, the fact that he has a potential – to get a 53-point game just shows you what he can do on an off year that he had last year. Well, also, don't forget the offensive line improved in this offseason. So they, they, I think they, Bean, what the fuck, man? Relax. That's what I'm saying. What are you doing? Hi. Uh, so Joe Mixon has a better offensive line, okay? And his he has never had a good offensive line, ever. And now they should be good. Yep. And he's been pretty good. You yep. know what I mean? And I think it's crazy. Obviously, like Sousa said, there's the off the field stuff, but I think it's crazy that he's going as late as he is right now. He's going at like the beginning of round five. That's crazy. Which is insane. Crazy because to me. I would much rather have, personally, I'd rather have him then Najee Harris, I'd rather have him than Josh yep. Jacobs. I'd rather have him than Aaron Jones. Uh, I don't know about Jacobs. I know, yes, about Aaron Jones. I'd rather have him than Kenneth Walker. Yep. Like, I think that's it's kind of crazy that he's going that late. But also, yeah. like, we can talk about this maybe because, I mean, we kind of gone through our top 10. Um, But why the hell is Najee Harris still getting that respect? I feel like... <sighs> Picking him there, he's going like mid round three. He finished the like, season strong last year, I think. I know, but I just you don't feel good about it. You know, like he's a volume guy. You know what I'm saying? Where like he's gonna get points, but it's not based off of him doing explosive runs or something like that. It's him running into his lineman's ass for five yards 
over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then he quietly finishes with 12 points or something. And it doesn't feel good. You know what I'm I saying? I think. Like I having a guy like that doesn't feel nice. I think last year was tough for the rookie quarterback. I think teams probably wanted to stack the box more and make Kenny Pickett beat them. I think in a second year with Mike Tomlin, Kenny Pickett would be more comfortable. Another year with his receivers, another year with George Pickens, another year with Deontay Johnson, another year with Pat Fairmuth, another year with the rookie, well, first year, I should say, with the rookie tight end, um, Darnell Washington. And I think from what the Steelers can do in the passing game, that is going to open up things for Najee. And that's why Najee is my number 10. Just one spot above Joe Mixon. Um, vehemently, vehemently disagree. Just one spot because, listen, he wasn't the best last year, but he's going to have a ton of work. He mm. had a foot problem. Let's not forget that. Foot. He was he was a little hampered last year with a foot problem. You need a foot to run, but yet he still got 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. I think he's going to be better. I think the team's going to be a little bit better. And I think we're going to see a little bit of a return from Najee. He finished 14th last year. I think he can crack he the finished top that finish. high. Are you kidding me? He wasn't all that bad. Joe Mixon finished 12th. It's like not that much better. And you'd think he was worlds better because it was Mixon really wasn't as good as maybe you thought. That's and I think Najee wasn't insane. as bad as you think. And I think it's only going to get better. I think his health's going to be better. And, and although you can say the same thing about Mixon, he's the only guy there. Great offense. But. There are mm. other people who can get touchdowns, not I'm as just, much as the Steelers when Deontay, because I had him, zero touchdowns. Right. Pickens no. is good, but not he's better. no Chase and Higgins, you know. So I mean I think Najee Harris just a tiny bit better, in my opinion, for a draft pick. But Mixon, I will say right now, where you're drafting him, probably the greatest risk reward out there for a running back. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I just just one spot, Mason. That's all. Mixon would have been my number ten, but I just so you guys you guys are understand what understand what I'm saying about like volume running backs. But you you do realize though that like he's been horribly inefficient, right? Yes. Yeah, he had eighty more carries than Mixon. Um, but the one that's thing what I'm that saying. I, but but here's the thing, Mason. Worse. The one thing that I cannot rule out when it comes to fantasy football is volume. The more, more times, sorry. the more times you touch the ball, the more opportunities you have to touch the ball. It, it, like, I know efficiency is key, but it, like it just gives you a higher chance of succeeding. Some say opportunity over talent. Yeah, but I mean, they started throwing the ball to Jalen Warren at the end of the season, and then they like erase Najee Harris from from their passing game. That's not concerning at all to you guys. A little bit again. He's in my make or break tier. Najee Harris, one of those guys who could finish top 10, like Susan says. But he's also a guy, based on just what we've seen last year, who you could be like watching every Sunday seeing, Jesus Christ, I should have drafted Javante Williams. I should have drafted ETN. I should have drafted Aaron Jones. For sure. He could, he could be one of those team. guys. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like this make or break tier that I have, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven guys in this make or break tier. I guess you consider that the next from 10 to 20 on our list. But those, these are all guys who have potential to crack the top 10 and be a great fantasy running back. 
But there are also guys that, based on their expectations and what they might do, could also finish below the top 20. And you're asking yourselves, why the fuck did I take this guy at this time? Najee Harris is in that category. I mean, it's a risk. Personally, if these guys are available, but better wide receivers are available too, I'm going to take the wide receiver. That's just how fantasy is trending. And I think that's how 2023 is going to be. What we're going to do here over the next couple of weeks is next week we're going to preview wide receivers and tight ends briefly. The following week, we're going to do a live mock draft, and we're going to see where guys go in certain rounds as we get closer to the season. That'll I think be fun. That, I think that will be more telling to the state of wide receivers versus running backs in the draft and where people should be taken. Oh, wait. But, Are we going to tweet out a link for the mock draft? We will. I could, I'll even yeah. – probably put it in this um, twitch chat too if people are watching and want to join but um yeah i mean let me just go through this make or break tier real quick Brees hall travis Etienne, Najee harris jameer gibbs aaron jones javante williams ken walker miles sanders damian pierce james connor and alexander madison all guys on their teams who should be the number one option at running back. All guys who you say, huh, they have potential to, if they're playing at their best and they know how the right opportunities and situations could possibly finish top 10. But there are also guys that you necessarily don't feel comfortable about being your RB1 on your team. Like if you go wide receiver, wide receiver, and then you get someone like Aaron Jones or Javante Williams. You comfortable with that? You could be, but you might not be. That's the make or break. It's like it could work out, but you might be fine, but might not be comfortable the first night you're sleeping. I mean, I feel like all these guys are kind of interchangeable. I like some guys more than others. I do like Aaron Jones. AJ AJ Dillon didn't show me anything last year that was spectacular. I felt like last year was AJ Dillon's time to kind of but into Aaron Jones and say, look, I'm here now, and I'm going to be the RB1 on this team. I don't feel confident about A.J. Dillon at all. But I think it's Aaron no, Jones' no. job to fuck up because of just what Aaron Jones brings to the table. He's the four-for-four think... four guy. Any given week, he could drop four touchdowns on your head. But I think the biggest question is not having Aaron Rodgers on that team. Yeah, well, his potential is not as high as it used to be, for sure. No, I think it's higher. I think what? it's higher that Rodgers is gone. I think they're gonna run the they're gonna run the shit out of the ball. He's also twenty eight years old. Wait a minute! Wait! 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 Are you saying they're gonna free Aaron Jones? I believe they are about to do that. Yes. Oh shit! (laughs) No, but seriously, think about it. Why would they throw the ball more? Supposedly, Jordan Love hasn't really looked super great in camp. Um, and I think. That bodes well for Aaron Jones, man. If he just capitalizes on the opportunities, I think they're probably going to run the ball quite a bit. I I would say more, significantly more, now that Rodgers is gone. I mean, I can look up the amount of pass plays they ran if you guys want. And That's okay. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think they nearly pass as much as they did with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever played a game. What Aaron Rodgers also did bring to the table is that five wide receivers spread uh, a spread on uh, first and goal, and you're asking yourself, just hand the ball off to Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon, and they don't. I think now um, 
these guys will get more opportunities to score. It's just a matter of if they run the ball more, are we going to see A.J. Dillon starting to get more of a percentage of those carries, use Aaron Jones as you know more of like a first, second down, or I don't know, like an early down back or a third down back and a guy who's more like a gadget guy. Because a lot of times last year, we did see them both on the field, which is good. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I like it. I like the situation, but I also want to see it. It could be an instance where you have Aaron Jones and you're like, man. Or this also could be the year where A.J. Dillon does what he was supposed to do last year and just take off as that true RB1. I don't know. Ken Walker? I know Suze doesn't like him that much. I want to know why. Um, how do you know that? Because every time we mention Charbonnet and... Yeah, Walker. Craig's out here saying Mason. He said Mason out here taking Gibbs over K nine. I am too. I am too. I have Gibbs at sixteen, Walker at nineteen, under ETN. I have Ken Walker just after ETN, only because Charbonnet plus injury. So now Ken Walker has a groin injury, not back. Charbonnet is. Um, Charbonnet is a receiving back. But at the same time, Walker's good. Like, why did they draft Charbonnet? That's the that's the freaking big question. And he's like I said, receiving back, and Ken Walker's hurt right now. I just kind of don't want to even play that game. So, I think his potential in, in the way Mason's looking at it, to be number one is way down there, um, lower than Etn, lower than Jameer Gibbs, lower than Brees Hall, Aaron Jones, uh, lower than Jonathan Taylor. So I just not not feeling it. It could he could work out just fine. For sure, but there's just too many variables. I'll be honest with you. If I'm targeting anyone in the Seahawks backfield, I'm targeting Charbonnet personally. Ooh. That's just me, though. Is that because like he's going to be way later anyway? And it's yeah. Got a risk reward. Exactly. Right? He that has the higher sense. upside because supposedly he's, he's a good. He's a good prospect. You know what I mean? So um, you you're, you're predicting Charbonnet is going to be. What Ken Walker was to Rashard Penny last year. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. But I also think he's a, more, he's a more complete back compared to Kenneth. Kenneth yeah. Walker's more explosive, but uh, Charbonnet can run in between the tackles. He can also catch the ball uh, supposedly very well. Um, and I don't think the Seahawks have really had an elite pass catching running back for a while. Uh, probably not since what, like, Chris Carson could catch the ball a little bit, I guess, but he wasn't really like Chris elite. Carson, <laughs> Thomas Rawls, yeah, Thomas Rawls, yeah. Ken Walker caught twenty-seven passes in fifteen games. It's not a lot. Yeah, no. so I think he's going to be the passing uh, down back, and if he can kind of dig into Ken Walker's snaps for running plays as well, I think based on where you can get him in the draft, that's definitely a Great. shot that you should take. Craig says Gibbs sharing with Montgomery BT dubs. I know. I'm not I don't not worried about that. I don't he care. is an elite pass catching <laughs> option. This I, I offense is gonna be high powered and their yes. defense blows. See, see and that's yep. the thing because <laughs> throwing, throwing, throwing. Not, not only the, the you, like the biggest thing for me for Gibbs and Walker is the offenses. I know Sousa, you got Geno Smith in your top ten. He's not gonna do it again. I'm sorry. He's not. And if he does. It's going to be the wide receivers who are benefiting. Metcalf, Lockett, JSN. I, I, 
I'm high on the Lions. Too. I'm high That's on the, the Lions thing. offense. I agree. And the thing about Ken Walker, too, that you said, Glenn, is more of the plays are probably going to go to the wide receivers now that they have a legitimate third option behind Metcalf and Lockett. So I think they might throw the ball more this year. And if um, Gino's slinging it like he was last year. Yeah, exactly. The Lions offense is going to be good. Feed Gino. And yeah, like you're like, Lions offense is going to be good. Defense isn't that good. They showed improvement second half of last year. So they could be they could be more consistent this year and be better. I still think the offense can put up points. Jared Craig Goff, said, still, still my dark horse for MVP. Craig said, so we ignoring a timeshare with a proven guy, but we're gonna believe the rookie is taking K9 touches. Yes, because Kenneth Walker has a soft tissue injury in his groin, which could be nagging him the whole season. And his Montgomery, are we are we really nervous about him? Like, I, mean, just I don't know, seeing, Craig, Craig just seeing, was certain Mike Davis was better than him. So now I don't know where this love for just, Montgomery no, but I'm is just coming saying, from. Just based off last year, seeing what Khalil Herbert did with Montgomery. Now you take a guy who's better than Khalil Herbert and Gibbs on a better offense. Montgomery, yeah, I, could, I, Montgomery could be the Zeke. So I was just going to compare that to that. And He's going to get the line carries and, and, and Gibbs would be the Pollard. That, that's I think that's going to be the cleanest comparison you see this year in 2023 when it comes to the running backs in Detroit. What you what your expectations were last year for the Dallas Cowboys? I'm not saying they're going to exactly correlate. I'm not saying Gibbs is going to be number seven RB like Tony Pollard was, but I think that's kind of what you're going to see more. And Dave we need Montgomery, to write this down. Dave uh, Montgomery Gibbs is going to versus be out there Ken for Walker. Gibbs versus Ken Walker. We can make that an Applebee's bet. Well, it's with Craig. You make that an Applebee's bet with Craig. Craig, you like Applebee's? You like restaurants? Uh, like we go to restaurant. we go to West Main Pizza. Bet a Buffalo Chicken Calzone. I'm 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 I like Ken Walker a lot. He's got that dog in him. I'm nervous about the Seahawks offense. I'm nervous about Geno Smith. I'm nervous about Charbonnet taking more carries. I'm nervous about JSN being a big factor in the passing game. I'm nervous, Gibbs. I'm not as nervous. I'm taking Gibbs over Ken Walker. Javante Williams. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name two other guys having this make or break thing. Um, how do you feel about Miles Sanders being alone in Carolina? I kind of have him in a decent spot. Me too. 13th. <laughs> Craig's really going to hate this. This is like Craig's nightmare. We're talking about Miles Sanders being a decent running back. And... Uh, Saying that we're taking, yeah, he's gonna explode. Uh, Jameer Gibbs over Ken Walker. We crossed the line. <laughs> he said he this makes no sense. <laughs> Listen, I don't. He finished thirteenth last year. I think he can be as productive again. New team, rookie starter, Shuba Hubbard. Yes, but we don't know. We don't know how it's gonna show up. Out. He is a good player. I think he's he's he can catch passes. I mean, Shuba was the third down back with Tianta Foreman, but Foreman never caught passes. I think Sanders. Is is more apt to do that. I don't See, know. His like they also Sanders. ran the shit out of the ball too, and they were good at it. Like yeah, exactly. Great, but like they went against the Bucks. Yep. Yeah, they would run down people's throats. Here's the thing: in Carolina, Miles Sanders will have more volume than he did in Philly. That too. That's a fact. Problem is, I don't think he has the talent. To match up with that volume, I think Philly made Miles Sanders look a lot better 
than Miles Sanders actually is. Possible. I think I think running behind Philly's O line can make anybody good, whether it's Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. And that's also another conversation we got talking about with these Philly RBs now, DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. Like, I, I don't know. As I don't want to draft them, but I don't. In my I don't rankings. I have them up there. I don't, I don't like like Sanders is there. He's in the make or break tier for me, but he's more on the break side. I would hate having Miles Sanders as. I guess if I go wide receiver heavy, like if I. If I if he's my RB2, I'm okay. But if he's the only running back I own, I don't like it. It's all, it's oh, all yeah. Perspective. Because no. then I, you're going to have great players elsewhere, you know? That's true. That's but like just looking play. at my lineup and saying, I'm Miles Sanders, but there's a chance where he can be that guy. That's the big see, part of it. Here's the thing you're saying that you're not sure if Miles Sanders is the guy that he looked like in Philly. But even if he isn't, it doesn't matter. Look at who's ran behind the offensive line. No one. Donta Foreman, a guy who was a journeyman running back, who was an absolute nobody before. Hey, be nice. I'm, well, you know what I'm saying, though? It's not like he's he's some you know ridiculously good running back. He's He was a guy who was typically a backup, no disrespect, but he was usually a guy who was an RB2 on teams. You know what I mean? Yeah, injuries slowed him down, but you're right. He never really proved himself to be a lead guy, I guess. And even even Chuba was pretty good as well. Like, he had his moments as well that where he was pretty good. You know what yeah, I mean? So like, good rushing performances. I, I think it might be one of those things where it doesn't really matter who it is. And if, if it just happens to be Miles Sanders, then there you go. Javante Williams, yay or nay? Nay. I've t- I gave my reason why earlier, but the ACL nay. thing. I'm also, P. Nay. Ryan. Yeah, I, I P. Mean, Ryan injury, the offense. I just don't want to do it. I don't want to I mean, do it. I mean, yay. I, I like Javante Williams. I have stock in Javante Williams in multiple dynasty leagues. He's young. Before his ACL injury, he looked explosive. The Denver, Denver Broncos can't possibly be as bad as they were last year, and I don't believe they will. I think anything – P. Ryan helps Javante Williams, kind of like Melvin Gordon did, you know, taking some timeshare. But early in the season will help Javante Williams get back to that form. So when we're rolling towards Thanksgiving, Javante Williams has the potential to be that guy who's just fucking powering through, getting you, you know, 100 yards, two touchdowns, hopefully consistently in a Russell Wilson offense. Um, Bronco's going to be better. I like Javante Williams as long as he stays healthy. I don't think Pete Ryan will be too much of a factor. I think, if anything, he'll be like what Melvin Gordon was last year. Compliment to him. But I'm I'm on the Javante Williams train. Um, Craig's just chiming in about the Miles Sanders takes. This higher volume will lead to a broken leg after week four. We don't wish injury on this podcast, but he's got a point. Glass bones and paper skin. He's got a point. Miles Sanders enjoyed the best O-line. He will go back to being horrible like he was on my team. Who could forget? Um, two more guys, uh, actually, three more guys in this make or break tier. And then I, I just want to run through some guys that I do not feel confident about. And then some sleepers as well. And then uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Damian Pierce, yay or nay? 
Nay. Doesn't catch passes, and the offense might be worse than it was before. I don't know. Rookie quarterback. It's just stay away. I don't like it. He's on the break side. He has the talent to be good. They add. Um, they don't even have Cooks anymore. They got Devin Singletary now in Houston with him. I'm not saying his job's threatened, but he's still the RB1. Rookie quarterback. You'd like to see them rely on Damian Pierce more. Houston's just not going to be a good team, I don't think. And uh, you got to hope that volume stays true for Damian Pierce for him to be relevant in fantasy. I have him make a break. If he can get the volume to do the most with it, I think he could be a steady RB too. Um, James Conner, yay or nay? I'm a yay. I say yay. He carries risk. He has injury risk. The offense could be bad, especially without Kyler, who might miss some time early in the season. He's older, but when he's been playing, he's been playing well, and he scores TDs. And I think he's another guy. I'm not. I'm going to compare him to Joe Mixon, who's being slept on. Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the running backs at Cardinals training camp are dropping like flies. There's literally no competition for James Conner. The biggest question is his health, staying healthy. If James Conner gives me 17 games, no reason he can't finish top 20. No reason. Yeah, absolutely. The offense is going to have to run through him. No Kyler. And you got Hollywood Brown as your only pass catcher. You hope to see Rondell Moore take a little bit of a jump. But James Conner's efficiency is beginning to dunk. He's beginning touchdowns when he does play, which is annoying, but. Yeah, and then it's uh, like the the nay I feel or the yay I feel the worst about giving. I'll be honest; like it feels bad to say it, but I am begrudgingly yeah, a yay. It's it's just so it sucks to like have to consider someone's injury history when you're talking about fantasy. Like the reason I'm not going to take a guy is because he might get hurt. Like that's sad and that sucks, and I hate that. But it's but a real thing. It's a real thing, and that's how you feel about James Conner. But recency um, bias is also so real, though, because we always said that about McCaffrey, and then he has one season where he doesn't get injured, and everyone automatically forgets that he was, quote-unquote, injury-prone until last year. The thing is, he's him. James Conner I don't disagree. And will never be him. <laughs> Damn. So, so that, that's just the difference where I'm seeing that. Um. Alexander Madison, this is an interesting one. Yay or nay? I like him. I like him. I like him a lot. I have him at RB20. That's why I only made a top 20, and he's at right at the end. But I do like him. Every time he's played, he's been pretty good. Really good. It's just a matter. The only questions are the workload, right? Can he handle the increased workload and be that bell cow? We'll have to see, but I think he can handle it. I think so, too. And I think the Vikings are going to have a high-powered offense, led by top-10 quarterback Kirk Cousins, led by wide receiver one, maybe consensus number one, Justin Jefferson. And I think Alexander Madison is going to reap all the Dalvin Cook benefits from not being there. Um, Another guy who I'm actually more on the make side than break, because just based on his value compared to all these other guys and where he's going, I think he he has a chance to finish better. I'm going to run through some names of guys who I have in the eh category. Stop me if you think I'm wrong. Eh, meaning I don't want to touch them. 
Mm-hmm. I have Alvin Kamara on that list because I'm just not sure with the three-game suspension and if Kareem Hunt gets signed with the Saints and Jamal Williams leading the league in touchdowns. That's fair. I'm eh. I agree. J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. Brian Robinson Jr. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Ew. The whole team. Cam Akers. Yeah. Yeah. I feel Andre's... a little bit. He's probably better than the other guys. That I, I feel better about him than the others, but I, I agree. agree about Cam Akers. Okay. DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rashard the, the White. Thing, the thing about Swift, real quick is that he does have the chance to establish himself if Penny gets hurt. And I don't think that that's necessarily out of the realm of possibility. Obviously, I'm not advocating for injury. But if we're talking about Rashad Penny's injury history, there is a chance. But do you want to touch him? I wouldn't feel great about it, but I can see how there's a path there for him to be good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I agree with you. And the thing is, <laughs> Rashad Penny, DeAndre Swift, both injury-prone running backs. Yeah. Yep. It wouldn't be surprising <laughs> to me if Kenneth Gainwell emerges from this and, you know, based on just, you know, how these guys' injury history is. Swift's obviously the talented back, but I'm a, if I'm a betting man, I'm putting my money on Penny. If I'm a smart man, I'm not touching either of them until I see – a month of yep. football or two. Yep. Um, both of them fall into the F category. This is an interesting one here. Rashad White. Yeah, I don't want to touch him. I haven't even been thinking about him. Yeah, I'm not. I'm good. I think, I, I think it's his time to shine, and he could surprise a lot of people. I just don't feel confident. I'm not Rashad touching Baker. the Bucks at all. None of them. None of them. Not Chris I'm not even going to think. I'm going to forget they exist. How do you wow. guys feel about... Wow. I don't know if this is on your eh list, Glenn. Yep. But in ADP wise, someone that we blew past a while ago. How do you guys feel about James Cook? I have him on my uh, eh list. Actually, no, I have. I have. I'm sorry, that's Dalvin Cook. I have on my eh list. Um, just in case he gets signed by a team. Obviously, this might change. You know, in a couple of weeks, if he does get signed. Yeah. James Cook is in my next tier, which are sleepers. I would, yeah, I'd love to have him on my bench, but I don't want to start him. I don't want to have to start him. Right. Say you're not, he's not going to be on your bench. <laughs> no shot. I have, no, I have, well, James, I have James Cook as a sleeper. I think um, Buffalo Bills, high powered offense. I don't think there's any competition there besides Damian Harris. Well, the thing is, is there are reports out of the camp that they're looking to throw the ball to the running back more. Josh Allen has openly said that he thinks James Cook, unprompted, said that James Cook could be like a thousand-yard rusher this season. So, I don't know. He's getting a little bit of hype is all I'm saying. He's going at the end of round six. He's going at the 6-7 turn. So, I mean, I don't know. If if, If you're drafting him, you have to believe in him, I think, to contribute to your team. Mm -hmm. I, I think have, he could. I feel like as a second flex, sure. Yeah, right. As a bench spot, yes, definitely. Give me that. Um, continue, finishing off the F list, Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery, Isaiah Pacheco, Dalvin Cook. Um, 
I would disagree with David Montgomery. What's that? I actually don't mind Herbert. 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 Um, well, for me, David Montgomery, I think, has good upside because for the same reasons kind of that we talked about with Jameer Gibbs. He's he has good offense. up. Yeah, he's in a great offense. Um, or what we assume is going to be a great offense. So I think he has that same upside to get a shit ton of touches, to get a shit ch- uh, ton of chances to get into the red to the red zone. You know, he's going to get goal line work too, I think, because, you know, Jameer Gibbs is a quote-unquote pass-catching back. So, right. See, my, my red think- flag with Montgomery is the weeks that he doesn't fall into the end zone, you start him, he's going to get you – to five points and my other red flag is that jameer gibbs is just going to take off and be the guy to own and be you know possibly be what ken walker was last year yeah yep say pacheco how do you feel not, not the great. best no, i haven't I like- felt great about our chiefs running back in a while as a, as, a, as a running back, perfect running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, what he can do for that offense. In fantasy, I don't like it. No. I do no. not like it because my sleeper is Jarek McKinnon. Oh, interesting. And what he brings to the table for Kansas City in that offense. I don't, I don't know. And I'm going to list other guys I have as sleepers here, too, real quick. Charbonnet, we talked about earlier. James Cook, we just talked about. Antonio Gibson, I have as a sleeper. Maybe. Because based on Riverboat Ron, fucking talking up Gibson all offseason, we want him to you know do this, and we, have, we think he can be the potential to be our version of Christian McCaffrey and blah, blah, blah. Like, all right, I got to see it. I got to see it in Sam Howell's offense. A.J. Dillon falls in that same category. Deonta Foreman, Devin Singletary. And honestly, the, all three of the Miami running backs, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, Devin Outchain. I think any one of them has a chance to be that guy and give you some consistent fantasy value. If I had to pick one out of the three, I'm picking Jeff Wilson just because of his history with Mike McDaniel and what he did last year for them. Anything else Um, to add for running backs? I would say, um, in relation to the Dolphins' backfield, just briefly, if you're gonna, if you have to target anyone, I would go with the younger guy there, uh, A chain, A chain, A chain, A train. Yeah, sure. It's A train. I don't know. Raheem Mostert and Dalton Wilson. A train now. A train. If he does well. Um. The, both of those guys are pretty injury prone, I feel. So there's a legitimate chance that he could get some snaps at some point. Um, and obviously, if you're taking him at that point, you're kind of taking a flyer anyway. So could potentially yeah, would, work out. If I'm you taking know. a flyer, I'll go with the rookie in, in that case. Because, I mean, he's not going until later anyway. So, um, Sizzling Hot Takes brought to you by Dirt Burgers. Mason on the burgers. Good. Dare, sir. Souza, give me your hottest take on running backs for this year. On running backs this year. Oh. My hot take is going to be 
I'm stalling. Let's call it Khalil Herbert being a top 15 guy. Oh, I would love that. I got him I really, in dynasty. I said I, I mentioned it earlier when you said, you you said met on Herbert. He was the one guy I actually disagreed with. I mean, no, it, it's a coin flip, but because they have Foreman there, and that's Mason the already that's talked that's, shit about Foreman. That's what scares me. But Herbert was pretty good with Montgomery there. I I think he's gonna be the guy. And I want to say I heard recently that when it came to like actual play and people like you know beat reporters on on the scene. They say, like, it's Herbert. Herbert and uh, I guess they've been splitting first-team reps here 13 days ago, but I don't know. I saw some piece that I can't find that Herbert seems to be the guy over Foreman, which is a bit of, of a surprise Makes from what we may have expected before. I believe in him. Mason, sizzling hot take? Um, My sizzling hot take. Huh. Yeah, dude. Sound like I got to think of one. Yeah, I know. I know. My sizzling hot take is that <laughs> just to piss Craig off, Miles Sanders is going to finish as a top 10 running back. Wow. Just because of Craig. That is. Hear hot. that, Craig? Miles Sanders top 10. It's possible. My sizzling hot take is that Derrick Henry reclaims the RB throne and finishes as RB one this year in fantasy. Wow. That is, that's very hot. possible. That's hot. Derek yeah, Henry, gonna, man, the, everyone's going everyone's to be the like, president the of his fuck? fan club. That's and that's, that's why it's justified. You know, if I was just some schmuck off the street saying, yeah, I do Derek Henry, but because you know me, you know, my stature of being the president of the Derek Henry fan club, that take kind of makes sense. And it'd be yeah. And if, if that happens, like the door to the fan club needs to be closed because you were on the island by yourself believing in him when no one else did, no one else is allowed in there. It's like when you discovered one of those like indie bands that just fucking pops off and then everyone's on their ass. And yeah. Like, oh man, I listened to them back in fucking two thousand seven <laughs> when nobody was. And uh right. out of the hot shit. And that's what Derek Henry is and will continue to be. Craig said, you're right. I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah. Gentlemen, this was a great running back breakdown. Next week, yeah. we'll be bringing you wide receivers and briefly tight ends because let's be honest, the only tight end I'm advice I'm going to give you is if you don't get Kelsey or Andrews, might as well wait. Right. Might as well wait. Um, great or late, baby. Oh, like that. We'll talk about it next week. We will. Um, If you're not already, follow us on the Twitch. Follow us on the TikTok. I want to get, I want Sousa or Mason. uh, I'm going to give you the TikTok password and you can just go crazy with that. I know people are tired tired of my face on that account. Let's go. Um, And keep on keeping on anything else to add gentlemen uh miles sanders goat miles sanders so i got i have to order this whiteboard 
things that people aren't talking about. Miles Sanders being a goat. <laughs> My, and Jared Goff for MVP. And uh, Susan needs to come up with his. I have a feeling it's coming next week. Because <laughs> his got to be a second year tight ends. Oh, that that was that's all time. Hey, that's pretty. It was accurate at the time. I don't know how it's been holding up though. Oh, what I also want to say is next week on this show, after we are done recording, we're going to stay live on Twitch here because I am going to be revealing the wheel for the Madden 24 Windows League. And I know some people will be tuning in to see which users gets which divisions and who will they be paired up with. Sousa, I mean, we got a spot for you if you want to come back. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. We got 11 guys now. We could use that 12, Craig. I know you said you were having that franchise itch. So just let me know. You got a week to decide. Oh, Mason, it's so it's so funny. I got a Discord for it and everything. The Windows <laughs> League is getting ready for Madden 24. And, uh, yeah, if, if anyone's interested who's listening, hit me up on any social. If you got my number, text me. If you don't, get my number. Um, that'll do it, guys. Let's get the fuck out of here. Bye-bye.